Chromosomes. Little strands of nucleic acids and proteins are the fundamental genetic instructions that tell us who we are at birth. Most people are born with 46 chromosomes, but each year in the United States, about 6,000 people are born with an extra chromosome, making them a person with Down syndrome. If you've ever encountered someone with Down syndrome, you know that they are some of the kindest, most joyful people you will ever meet. They truly have something extra. My name is Lisa Nichols, and I have spent the last 24 years as both the CEO of Technology Partners and as the mother to Allie. Allie has something extra in every sense of the word. I have been blessed to be by her side as she impacts everyone she meets. Through these two important roles as CEO and mother to Allie, I have witnessed countless life lessons that have fundamentally changed the way I look at the world. While you may not have an extra chromosome, every leader has something extra that defines who you are. Join me as I explore the something extra in leaders from all walks of life and discover how that difference in each of them has made a difference in their companies, their families, their communities, and in themselves. I am very thrilled to have Dr. Tom Hill on the show today. Dr. Hill is an author, international speaker, entrepreneur, and the CEO of Hill's Angels. Tom, oh my goodness, I am just like about to burst with excitement just being with you here for this 30 minutes. I just cannot wait. <laughs> Thank you so much for making the time to be on the show today. It's my pleasure, and I love touching people's lives. I know you do, and we're going to get into that. So, you and I met probably 2012, 2013 through Gary Baker. Mm -hmm. I remember you coming into our office and sitting down with Greg and I, and we just absolutely fell in love with you. But you've just done so much. I told you, I remember your 80th birthday, <laughs> but now you're 85. Yeah. And my goodness, you've done so many things. But go back for us, if you would, 85 years ago. Let's talk about where you were born. Let's talk a little bit about how you grew up, and then we'll get into a lot of other things. Okay, so I was born in 1935, in the middle of the Depression. My dad turned out to be a turkey farmer. He raised about 100,000 turkeys every year. It was just kind of crazy. He decided to have his own breeding stock, so he created his own turkey breeding stock, uh, bought an airplane, a four-passenger airplane, had me and my brother, I was 15, my brother was 18, had us get our license, and our summer job was to deliver those turkeys. I remember <laughs> reading your book and talking about you were 15 and you were flying an airplane, you know, Yeah. <laughs> before Crazy. you drove a car. Yeah. So funny. Yeah, so uh, we did that in the summer, and then one thing led to another, and I went to the University of Missouri, and things took off from there, but yeah. That, that was a very beginning. Yeah. So it was you and your older brother. Yes, Roger. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've never asked you this. I didn't even know what you majored in, though, when you went to University of Missouri. Physical education, primarily at Mizzou. And uh, this is just a fascinating story. Talk about God winking and coincidences. I'm sitting on the steps of Brewer Field House at the University of Missouri waiting for the class to start. And a guy comes in and sits down next to me, and we strike up a conversation. I didn't know him. And he said, how would you like to be a high school teacher? And I said, well, I'm just a junior. He said, I can get you a teaching certificate in Avaz, Missouri, which was 30 miles away. So I applied as a junior, bought a motorcycle, rode it 30 miles one way, starting in February, 
to teach school. <laughs> Great time to ride a motorcycle, <laughs> February. Yeah, so I did that for two years, and then went back to Missouri and got my degree in physical education, coaching and physical education, yeah. So you were not even graduated, and you had a teaching job. For two, two and a half years. <laughs> that is crazy, crazy. Now, you were a professor at Mizzou. What did you teach? Well, I started out teaching at high school education, coaching basketball and football, and then I uh, went back and uh, got my master's at Kirksville, what was in Northeast Missouri State. And then God winked and gave me a free scholarship to Mizzou to get my PhD in educational administration. So I became superintendent of schools for two different schools for eight years with that. And then God winked again. Yes, he did. And that's when you pivoted and jumped onto the entrepreneurial wagon. So you had an incredibly successful real estate business, right? Remax? Unbelievable. What was that like? Why did you make that jump? Well, it was God's fault. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he winked. <laughs> My wife and I had been in Florida on vacation and we were getting ready to come home. And we thought, you know, a guy I roomed with at the university lives in Atlanta. We all stop and have coffee with him. His name was Howard McPherson. So I called him. I said, you got time for Yeah, stop by. So we stopped by. Now, I had a great job. I was the director of 4-H for the state of Missouri. We had 100,000 kids, 20,000 volunteers, staff 135, and we were living in Columbia. We had it made. Life was just great. And so we stopped and had coffee, and he said, Tom, how's the university? And I said, well, it's good. You're never going to be rich, but you've got a great life, touching a lot of lives. He said, why don't you come down to Georgia and sell REMAX real estate franchises? He said, I own the rights to REMAX for the whole state of Georgia, and why don't you come down and sell franchise? And I said, Howard, I'll tell you what I think. I think that's the stupidest thing. <laughs> why would I do that? I've never, I've never sold anything. I don't know anything about real estate. I'm 50 years old got a great life and uh, so we talked and I'm finally I'm thinking well he might be pretty rich maybe he'll make me a nice offer so what you got in mind he said well straight commission and you pay your own expenses <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> not quite what you were thinking that was what I think all commission all commission so we start driving home now you've met Betty haven't you oh yes I love Betty she has a great insight we not a professional insight but it's a great insight. So we're driving home and she said, what do you think about Howard's offer? And I said, it's a dumbest thing. <laughs> We'd have to leave the kids, sell the car. We're 50 years old. Da, 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 da. And we talked about it for a while. And she said, Tom, let's go for it. Wow. Risk everything. Honey. Risk taker yeah. to the max. Wow. So we went home, sold the car, retired from the job. And uh, they didn't have any training. Remax didn't have any training how to sell franchise, but you could go through the classes if you'd bought one. So I went to through the class and uh, left the university on March 8th and moved to uh, just by myself first to Augusta, Georgia to see if I, and this is, this is a God wink story. So Betty's still in Columbia waiting for the house to sell. And our son, Scott was a junior in high school, Hickman. He's waiting for him to graduate. So I'm down in Augusta, Georgia, living in a travel trailer, I've been there two weeks and nobody would talk to me. I couldn't get an appointment with anybody because I didn't have anything. I never had a Right, and you didn't have contacts. I mean, you it wasn't like you grew up there or anything. So Didn't know anybody. Yeah. So I had made a single presentation. It's Friday morning. I'd already agreed to speak in Ohio State University on Monday, so I just couldn't wait to get through that week. So I woke up Friday morning living in a travel trailer next to Fort Gordon there in Augusta, Georgia. It had been raining, and the, the concrete out front was covered with leaves and 
you know, mud and stuff, but I wasn't going to be there for just another day or two. So I stepped on the metal step of the trailer, and my feet went out of my and I went squalling out through the mud and the rain and the leaves. I can remember at least as if I was, if that happened, yeah, I'm laying there in that situation saying to myself, Dr. Hill, you've lost your mind. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, well, what am I going to do? Now, typically, most people would have gotten up, cleaned up, and went on to Ohio. But I thought, well, I've still got to do something. So I had an address for a guy I wanted to meet. I never had met him, so I started looking for him, got lost. Saw a guy standing out in front of his office having a smoke. I rolled my window down. I said, excuse me, sir, can you tell me where such and such address is? And sure. And he said, who are you looking for? And I told him, I know him. Come on in and we'll call him. I said, Southern Hospitality. So I go in. We call. The line's busy. I call again. He said, well, why do you want to see this guy? So I gave him a, a brief presentation. He bought my first franchise. I became the number one Remax franchise salesperson in the world in eight months. In eight months. Yeah. Tom, I did not know that part. I knew that you had been incredibly successful, but that is incredible. My uh, friend who owned Remax of Georgia said, well, try to buy some territory if you can sell them. And well, he called me one day and said, Tom, I got good news and bad news. <laughs> What's the good news? He said, the owner of Remax is going to let us buy Kentucky and Tennessee, and you can move to Nashville, Tennessee. And he said, uh, the other good news is that instead of costing $150,000, only, it's only going to cost you 10000 to buy 49% of Kentucky and Tennessee, which is just because my original goal was to own 50% of one state. So now I'm 49% over two states. That was in September 1986. And then uh, Ohio came up for sale. And he said, you want to buy that? And I said, well, I don't have any money, so I'll pay for it and give you 49% if you'll run it. Now, we have just southwest Ohio. We had Cincinnati in that. We agreed to do that. So now I'm, I'm a part owner of three states. And uh, one of our, our attorney came to me and said, in Nashville and said, Tom, are there any more states? And I said, well, there's three more. It's for sale. And he said, you're going to buy them? And I said, no, we're both out of money now. <laughs> so <laughs> he said, where are they? And I said, well, Alabama, Louisiana, and Mississippi. So he said, well, if I put up the money, will you give me 20% ownership? So I called my partner and he said, sure. So we bought it. And I had to run it. So now I'm running six states, running an organization I never had a license. <laughs> oh, my word. That is an amazing story. Well, you know what I'm sitting here thinking about, Tom? We've been playing Monopoly with our eight-year-old grandson, Sawyer. <laughs> and I'm thinking this is like Monopoly on steroids, you know? So I did not realize that. But that explains a lot. So we had it made. We're living in Nashville. Great place. We love Nashville. My daughter, Terry, had moved down, joined us and all that. So we uh, couldn't decide on what we wanted to do next. So we're going, our son-in-law is getting his master's degree at Indiana University. So we drove up to Louisville, Kentucky, where I had several franchisees, spent the day working with them. And we went to bed the hotel there, and then we were going to see my, our son-in-law the next day. So I, I woke up at 2.30 in the morning, Lisa, with a dream just as vivid as a movie. And in the dream, I'd sold my partner, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Ohio, and bought him out of Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi, which is something we never even thought of, and we'd moved to Mississippi. So I woke up, with, it was just like a movie, and I said, it's crazy. Number one, Betty's not, we had three of our kids working for us. We're going to have to fire the three kids. <laughs> We're going to have to move to Mississippi. Our office was right next door to a new mall. Uh, my partner already owns 51%. Why would he want to do it? So I, 
finally I woke Betty up at 5.30 and I said, this is crazy, but I got to share this dream. So I told her what the dream was. And I said, what do you think? She said, let's go for it. <laughs> In two weeks, that dream became a reality. And July 1st, we moved to Jackson, Mississippi and yeah, had the three states there to run. What a story. I love it. And Betty just had this gusto about her and just a risk taker, yeah. you know, and just saying, let's be all in. I, I just love that. Yeah, she had a gift. Yes, for sure. Yeah. I've told you, you guys had just an amazing love story. Yeah. Then at some point you pivoted and I know that you've had this big BHAG. <laughs> Tom, and I'm thinking you're probably pretty close to it. You had this big, hairy, audacious goal of saying you wanted to touch a million people. And I know how much you've touched me. I just had a friend that met you. I'm just like going, oh my goodness. And I remember, you know, we were looking at Denver at one point. Mm -hmm. And I remember you saying, you need to meet this person, this person, and this person. I mean, <laughs> literally, I think you know people all over, but you started with the coaching, coaching people and running the Eagle Summit. But I know you measure success in a different way. It's not just what your bank account says, right? Right. You look at six different areas of someone's life. Can you just run through those real quick? Okay. So one of my staff members came into my office when I was at the university and threw a couple of cassette tapes on my dad and said, Tom, you might enjoy these or Jim Rohn. I never heard of Jim Rohn, but Betty and I listened to those. We literally warm out. And so we sat down on a Sunday afternoon, 1984, at the university and uh, so we came up with six things. We said the most important thing in our life, if push comes to shove, is our spiritual life, that we're spiritual beings having a physical experience. Number two was our health. You have to take care of your health. If you don't take care of your health, you're going to be a burden to other people. Number three was relationship. And then uh, professional, your professional life, your emotional life, and financial. And we came up with the theory that money is attracted, not pursued. by Who you become, who wants to hang around you, who wants to buy from you, who wants to associate with you. And so those became the six areas that we measured. So we sat down and rated ourselves in those six areas, separate from each other, went to different parts of the house. And uh, I gave our marriage a 10. She said, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I'll give you a I'll let you have a nine. <laughs> a nine. <laughs> There's always room to grow, right? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So those became the six priorities. So we sold the business in 94 moved to St. Louis. In fact, you'll appreciate this story. Betty was originally from St. Louis. I'm originally from Kirksville area. Mm -hmm. She said, where are we going to retire? And I said, Nashville, Tennessee. And she said, I sure will miss you. Oh. <laughs> she was coming to St. Louis. She was Louis. coming back to St. Louis. Oh, yeah. my goodness. We had an airplane. We had a boat. We had it made. Had a good life. Yes. People started coming to me and say, well, Tom, how did you do all that? You built a company from uh, 40 agents to 1,000 agents, et cetera. And, uh, they, would I coach him? Would I speak? Would I give a tell a story and eventually write a book? So that all came out of that God wink. I love it. Well, we're going to dig into that more, but we need to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Dr. Tom Hill. Let's face it. The future is mobile. There's a good chance that you are listening to this show right now on your phone. Have you explored how you can move your business mobile too? Our mobile apps team at Technology Partners makes it their mission to move our clients into the hands of their employees and customers and change their business processes to meet the demands of their users. Let's work together and build a dynamic mobile app for your team. Go to tpi.co slash mobile apps and get the conversation started about how we can help you get your new application off the ground. 
So, Tom, we've got so much more to talk about. I hope that we can get it all in. I just want our listeners just to learn from you. Every time I'm with you, I learn from you. And I just, I love that about you. You're such a giving person. And I know why you're blessed beyond measure. You (laughs) truly are blessed beyond measure. But you said a lot flowed out. So when you took over that franchise, there were 40 agents and how many offices? Four. Four. And then when you took over the three states, you ended up with a hundred offices and a thousand agents. That is just incredible. And you met somebody, you met a gentleman that said, come write chicken soup for the entrepreneur. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me that story. I think that's so funny. Yeah. Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen, the co-founder of Chicken Soup, they wrote the first book, and 33 publishers turned them down and said, nobody's going to read those stupid stories because they're not about famous people. Well, they sold over 100 million copies. Vexo, Peter Vexo became their marketing guy. And so they heard me speak and asked me if I'd uh, want to co-author a chicken soup book, which I had no dream about it. I said, well, what have you got to do? And he said, well, really not much. And I said, well, sign me up. <laughs> That's the best kind, right? It's, it's crazy. And that was a God wink. I didn't, I wasn't looking to do it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. You've laughingly told me that your books are free, but if I want it autographed, I have to pay you $100. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. Well, you've gone on to write other books. And there may be like one of our listeners out there, Tom, that says, well, I would like to write a book. Maybe I have a book in me. You believe in the power of books. I mean, I know that you for years now have been telling me, Lisa, you need to write a book. (laughs) (laughs) And I did start the Something Extra book. It's kind of on the shelf right now, but we did pivot and start the Something Extra podcast, which is awesome. But somebody may be going, I'd like to write a book, but you don't always have to write. I mean, you can get a ghostwriter, right? Absolutely. I found a guy. He came to me and said, Tom, I want to write your life story. I'd given nine speeches in eight cities in five countries in three weeks. <laughs> it's crazy. And he said, I want to write your life story. So he interviewed me for an hour every Monday morning. Then he'd go write a chapter and then come back. And so I had a professional writer. I had a professional publisher. So, yeah, it just. It just works. Mm-hmm. And what, one of the things I ask people to do, if they hadn't even thought about writing a book, if they do, get a blank journal on the outside of the journal, put my life story. And then as you think of things, just make a note so that when you get ready to write them, you'll be remembering. You'll have those stories already there. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? I couldn't agree with you more because there's lessons I learn when I have the eyes to see and the ears to hear in the ordinary things of life, Tom, Yeah. whether it's working in the garden or, you know, something that happens with one of our, our children or, you know, in business or whatever, you can learn things every day if you have your eyes open. My grandfather's grandfather got on a boat with his family in 1848 on the Ohio River in Kentucky, floated down the river to Mississippi River and went up the Mississippi River. He could have written that down. He could have handwritten the things that he learned. And what a legacy. I encourage that with everybody. Well, okay. So tell me, because you're a voracious reader. You're not just an author. You read a lot. What is your rhythm now, your reading rhythm? Are you reading a book a week or a day? It used to be a a book a day, but now I've slowed down, gotten older. It's only a book a week. (laughs) A book a week. Oh, my goodness. But I met this guy in Salt Lake City, Utah, who had sold his business for $100 million, traveled around the world, got to Japan, found a reading system called the Infinite Mind. 
and he bought the system, brought it back to the United States. He spoke at one of my summits, and uh, you'll quadruple your reading speed, and you will uh, create a legacy. So, so it's called Infinite Minds? Well, that's a company. The actual reading system is E-Y-E-Q, to play on words, I-Q, <laughs> E-Y-E-Q, Advantage. Dot com. Okay, great. My people that I know that, that go through that will quadruple the reading speed with 90% retention. It, it just works. So how many books do you think you've read, Tom, over your lifetime? Somewhere over a thousand. I, I've never kept it, you know, a real account. But it, yeah. There's a million books out there I haven't read. <laughs> I got to get busy. <laughs> Isn't that true? Somebody was just telling me earlier today about the book Win, W-H-E-N by Daniel Pink. And she was just talking about how awesome this book is. And I said, there's just so many books, so little time. So that's why you have to have a system like this so that you can really, you know, accelerate your reading. Yeah. One thing I, that I've developed myself, when I, somebody gives me a book or said, Tom, you need to read this book, rather than sit down and try to read the whole thing cover to cover, even speed reading, I turn to the back of the book and read the author. Who's the author? What's their background? What are they doing? And then I read the introduction, then I read the first chapter, I read the last chapter, and then I decide if I want to read it or not, because I've gotten most of the good stuff out of it. Yeah, very good. Well, Tom, you've written lots of books. You can go to Kindle. His books are on the Kindle. I have met so many amazing people through you, Tom. So because we've attended several of your Eagle Summits, Paul Young that wrote The Shack is a good friend of yours. I met John O'Leary, who everybody loves John O'Leary. I met him through you. That's the first time I'd ever met John. Uh, Brett Blair, Dr. Roger Hall. There's so many people that I've met through you. So, you know, I don't know where you are on that continuum of reaching a million people, but you got to be close. Somebody said, Tom, you need to meet Gary Baker. So I went and met Gary Baker. And in the process, he said, oh, by the way, I just heard the best speaker I've ever heard. You need to meet him. His name's John O'Leary. Now, this is on a Monday. He said, John O'Leary said, I don't have his number, but you need to meet him sometime. Wednesday, I get an email from one of my clients in Raleigh, North Carolina. And he said, Tom, I just heard the best speaker I've ever heard. It's John O'Leary. You got to meet him. Friday, Betty and I are in a small town in Iowa, open up the local paper as a picture of John O'Leary. Oh, my goodness. I said, God, I get it. I get it. I'm supposed to meet John O'Leary. Well, yeah. he's just amazing and is inspiring so many people. Yeah. You've got four mantras, and I want you to tell our listeners about your four mantras. Somebody asked me, he said, Tom, what made a difference in your life? What's, what's the principles? And I said, I came up with four. We wake up every morning. We should be committed to be the best person we can be with our God-given gifts. Some people have different gifts. Like my my wife had the insight. I didn't have that gift, but she had the gift. So one idea, committed to be the best person. And then number two, when we wake up in the morning, we need to be committed to make a positive difference in every life we come in contact with. For example, I ask all my clients to give a $100 bill every 30 days to a total stranger. It's amazing. That just happened yesterday. I gave it to a lady who just came over from Bosnia. She just left her husband. He's abusive. I mean, he's just a hundred dollars. So it can be a lot of different things. Uh, be a networker. God winks and you meet somebody. Follow up, see where it goes. And then uh, be a reader. One idea, well executed. See, Lisa, you and I could have done chicken soup. Anybody could have done it, but they executed better than anybody else. So those are kind of the four mantras. And they just, they're not crazy. They just work. <laughs> they're simple, but they are so profound. Tell me, this is called something extra. 
What do you believe is this something extra that every leader needs? To wake up in the morning 100% committed to making a difference in everybody's life. If you'll do that, the doors will incredibly open. It doesn't have to be money. It can be connecting them with somebody or asking them to read a book or give them a book. That's the extra. Most people don't do that. Mm-hmm. But can you imagine, Tom, if everybody would? Say, I'm just going to make a difference, even if it's a very small difference in somebody else's life today. Can you imagine what our world would be like? It'd change it. I was in an airport not too long ago, and there was a young soldier there telling his family goodbye. I gave him a $100 bill. He he cried. Oh, (laughs) that's awesome. Didn't have to be a million (laughs) dollars. Right, right. Yeah. I can touch a lot. Sometimes it's just a compliment or introduce him to somebody else. Sometimes it's the simple things, I think, really, you know, yeah. that can make a big difference in somebody else's life. Oh, I agree. Well, Tom, this has just been so much fun. I have absolutely loved doing this interview with you, but I do want to give you the opportunity if there's something coming up or something, you know, it could be going and getting one of your books, reaching out to you, making a connection, having a virtual coffee, you know, that you want our listeners to know about and how they can get involved. Real quick story. I'm sitting on my deck, 1998, and uh, I'm thinking about Jim Rohn. I asked Jim Rohn if he ever meditated. He said, well, I ponder. (laughs) So I started to ponder and I thought, wouldn't it be fun to put together a group of people from all walks of life with no agenda? to see what happens. So I invited uh, six people to uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and then we invited 67 people to Chicago. And we've done it 60 times all over North America. But because of COVID, we're, we're kind of backing off on to see where that goes. But if you want to get my website, keep track on there. And then also my newsletter. I've got about, I've got about 10,000 readers. Right. Sign up for the newsletter. How can they do that? How can they sign up for the newsletter? DrTomHill.com. Good, and they'll get on the list. So you mentioned Jim Rohn. I do want to mention one thing about Jim Rohn, and I say this all the time. One of his famous quotes is, and I'm probably not going to say this exactly right, he said, you are the average of the five people that you hang around with. And I just think that's such great advice. Okay, yeah. So that's where I came up with my third thing I think is so important is have a network, have a system. So I've got a system that I use, which is to be on my website to uh, make those things. Because one person who's attracted to you can change your life forever. Mm-hmm. Could be a spouse, could be a employer, employer, whatever. Yeah. Right. No, could not agree more. Lisa, this stuff works. It does. Jim Rowan said, you don't have to sleep under a pyramid and rub crystals together. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Dr. Hill, this has just been such a delight. Thank you so much for making the time. And I just know your wisdom is going to impact our listeners. And uh, I know what an impact you've been on our life, mine and Greg's. And so thank you so much for who you are and what you're doing. And uh, keep pressing on toward that million. You're probably at the two million mark now. (laughs) Maybe maybe three. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Lisa. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to today's show. Something Extra with Lisa Nichols is a Technology Partners production. Copyright Technology Partners, Inc., 2019. For show notes or to reach Lisa, visit tpi.co slash podcast. Don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen.